It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome into the Tighten Up Podcast on the A to Z Sports Podcast Network. I'm Jack Gentry alongside my partner, Austin Huff. You can find us on social media where we urge you to follow us because we do have good t- content. Uh, I'm <laughs> at Jack A. Gentry. He is at Austin Huff. We are the Tighten Up Podcast. Follow the pod on Instagram and Twitter. On Instagram, we are at Tighten Up Podcast. On Twitter, at Tighten Up Pod. We are under the big umbrella that is A to Z Sports Nashville. Go give them a follow on all social pla- social media platforms at A to Z Sports. And it's definitely not douchey at all to say that we've got good content. <laughs> uh, no, but it's true. We do. Uh, this, this is episode number 36, the Michael Waddell episode. Right? How about that the blast from the path. Or, or should we go with the LaShawn Sims episode? Ooh, that kind of triggers me. Why? Because of the computer game? No, not because of, it's just the secondary back in those days was, was, was you know. <laughs> okay. See, I was, was, like I was, I was year, leaning more towards Sims. Yeah, because yeah. I was a big, I, I, I like the Sims. I also love Sim City back in the day. Sim City uh, 3000 was one of my favorite computer games of all time. Uh, but all right, we'll go Michael Waddell. Michael Waddell, so it is decided. Um, today we're joined by my personal all-time favorite Titan, Drew Bennett. Uh, hey, fellas, keep your wives at bay, all right? Because Drew Bennett is on the sode, and let me just say, he sounds as good as he looks. Even even to date, what, like uh, 12 years since his last uh, snap in the NFL? Guy's incredible. He, Jack, correct me if I'm wrong, but this might be one of the more fun conversations that we've had with any guest on this podcast. Yeah, he's still got it. We asked him a bunch of questions about about his time, you know, early in the 2000s with good offense. We kind of we kind of got some stories out of him. I know that the Texans Titans game where he shushed the crowd was important uh, was important to me as in my life as a Titans fan. Yes. But we we also flipped the coin over and we get his take on what happened in the AFC Championship game oh. where he may or may not have cost the Titans a Super Bowl appearance. And look, I'm not going to I'm not going to throw anyone on this podcast under the bus, but Jack was the one who asked that question. Okay? So if you have any PTSD arise, just know it's Jack's fault, okay? But no, Drew Bennett's awesome. You guys are going to love that interview with him. Uh also, hey, guess what? <laughs> Titans won. How about that? And is the defense fixed or is it just the Bears offense is completely inept? And of, of course, you know, like the Titans, there's no way the Titans couldn't have had a good uh, game defensively against the, that Bears offense. We'll get into it. Also, a little report card for the new kids on the squad. We've got a lot of new faces this week, which means we're Jack and I are going to put on our uh, our teachers. uh vests i don't know what teachers wear uh they, we're gonna put them on and we're gonna give grades to all the new kids our lanyard Plus, got, yeah lanyard yes we're gonna lanyard. be handing, we're gonna be handing out good grades this week too uh, as the new kids in class did, did deserve after their right. efforts on sunday they did phenomenal and also we have a new kid that hasn't even showed his face yet in a game 
but that Jack and I are so jacked for. We'll get into that. Uh, and also, we will read some of Taylor Lewan's really sad tweets because, <laughs> my man, look, we haven't forgotten about you, uh, Tay Tay, and um, he, but he is going through it. He is going through a time right now, and we will get into all of that. Plus, remember the Titan. But first, before we get into the podcast, let's talk a little word about Mill Creek Brewing Company. Let me tell you about my good friends over down at 2008B Johnson Industrial Boulevard in Nolensville, Tennessee, Mill Creek Brewing Company. They have an awesome setup for football. For sports in general, you can watch games on the inside or on the outside patio. It's getting a little chilly, but hey, you know, outside football hits different. They have great beer. They have a little Harpeth beer over there. It's a great setup to really watch your favorite team play on Saturday or Sunday or this week on Thursday. Maybe head out to Mill Creek. Oh, they have a fall cornhole classic that's taking place on December 5th, which you can find on Eventbrite. You're going to want to register for that because they have some cool prizes, some cool silent auction stuff, along with some food and drink deals that you're not going to want to miss out on. Go to Eventbrite, look up the fall cornhole classic for Mill Creek Brewing Company and sign up today. If you're one of those fans that likes to wear receiver gloves to games, I imagine you're one of those people who also likes to watch football outside even when it's like 12 degrees out so mill creek brewing company it's your place to do so (laughs) (laughs) and with that all said let's talk tight i hear the train a coming it's rolling around the bend and i ain't seen the sunshine since i don't know when what is up, Flameheads? Welcome into the Titan Up Podcast. Today is November 11th, 2020. 11, 11. Uh, make a wish. And happy Veterans Day to all of our veterans and Ahmad Hall. Shout out Ahmad Hall, the most one of the most beloved Titans players of all time. The greatest fullback that this that this here franchise has ever seen. I know that Lorenzo, Lorenzo Neal may have a gripe with that. Right, right. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, yeah I, I lean Lorenzo Neal. But if I needed someone to... Uh, you know, go to Afghanistan or something, I would choose Ahmad Hall over Lorenzo Neal in that boat. Uh, the Titans are 6-2 and two after that 24-17 to win over the Chicago Bears. And this is one of those games, I'm really excited for this, this is one of those games where you get to say, the game was not as close as the score suggests. Yeah, it really was. The Titans dominated the Bears on Sunday. And in an in all-around just great performance, I mean, the offense struggled. Don't get me yes. wrong, Tannehill, Tannehill looked bad. He did. But he look, he no turnovers, two touchdowns. He, he got the job done. Uh the defense really picked up their slack for the first time this season. They held the Bears, they, they look, they held the wall on third down against the Bears team that sucks on third down. Nick Foles is probably the worst quarterback that the Bears have ever had, and they've had some bad ones, and one bad one's on their bench. But um, so 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 look, it's a, we can build on this, right? With Adoree Jackson possibly coming back this week, although it looks a little iffy. Yeah, um, was act was activated, which is good news. But you also have to know the activation doesn't necessarily mean he's playing this week. It only means that he's avoiding that IR for the rest of the season list. Because if they didn't activate him today, he would have he would have been out for the like he wouldn't have been allowed to play the rest of the season. That's right. And we saw Desmond King in his first game as a Titan. 63-yard scoop and score. Welcome uh, to Nashville, Des. Desmond King. Welcome, Des. That was awesome. Um, the I Jack, and I, I want to talk, before we get into like the defense, because that, I think, is one of the more pressing issues of this week. Um, just points of conversation. But 
I want to talk about the slow starts because this is now the third straight week that the Titans have gotten off to a throw, a, a slow start, especially offensively. This is now three straight weeks, and I'm getting worried that now. And and don't get me wrong, the Bears have a phenomenal defense. They is one of probably the tougher defenses that the Titans have faced this season. But the Titans offense is they come out slow and I don't want this to become habitual. I don't want this to become a thing where they have to get their energy going. And I don't know if it's a coaching thing. I don't know if it's a player thing or what, but that leaves cause for concern for me that the fact that that's now the third straight week and granted it's against the Steelers and it's against the bears, two of the better teams on your, on your, on your, um, uh, schedule, but then you also had that that one in the middle there against the Bengals, mm-hmm. which should not have been a slow start. It, I'm 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 worried, Jack, and I need you to talk me off the ledge a little bit. Yeah, it's it's one that leaves me scratching my head as well. Uh, I get that the Steelers and Bears have two of the best defenses in the NFL, but the Bengals game, oh yeah, it was a trap game. Who cares? It's the Bengals. Look, this yeah. offense should not come out as sluggish as they have. I mean, they got to come out and punch people in the mouth, especially sure. with that run game. And Arthur Smith is one of the best offensive coordinators in the NFL. Probably him and the enemy are the, are the two top dogs. Um, so it, maybe maybe it is Art Smith who can make some easy access throws for Tannehill, some run after the catch potential for A.J. Brown and, and getting Corey Davis involved early. But it, I, I don't know what it is, but they have to start quicker because not not every week will this defense you, you know hold their ground and, and keep the Bears at bay. And you will not hear me say negative things about Arthur Smith because what he has done with Thanks, this offense yeah. and with these pieces, I I, I commend him. I, he has turned around a a Titans franchise that and made it into an offensive power, at least up until the last three weeks. To be honest with you, but I'm I want to bring this up. So I saw Buck tweeting during the game on uh, Sunday about second down runs and how they were really getting in them. And he kind of opened my eyes to it. And I didn't realize how much of a a problem this kind of has become, but it got to the point on Sunday where, especially in the first part of the game, the second part of the game, they started to open up, started waking up. They, uh, they started executing on, on certain plays. And that's, that's where a lot of this stems from is the execution of plays. But the offense became predictable a little bit. Mm-hmm. You, you throw throw a throw the ball on first down, fall in and complete, run it on second and ten, and you maybe get you know tops five yards, but most of the time like one or two yards, and so then you're left for with a third and long, and that led to a lot of the three and outs that we saw on Sunday. I don't want Arthur Smith. I don't know what why he's doing. I, I kind of side with Buck on this with the second down runs. They I, they made me want to pull my hair out with how it it was just like you knew what was coming. You knew what was coming, and it felt very Jeff Fisherian. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff Fisherian, uh, <laughs> like the way it was. Because Jeff Fisher used to do the same thing. Jeff Fisher used to really do the first and second down runs with Eddie George, and then third down, and then and then you're punting. And I don't want to sound like too much like a, uh, you know, like a, well, I, you know, I know how to run an offense better than anyone because I don't. Arthur Smith is an offensive genius, and he's proved that. But there were times where it did feel a little predictable. And if I'm feeling that way, I can't help but think that a defense as good as the Chicago Bears defense is thinking the same thing. 
No, I agree with you. And predictability hasn't been uh, something that Titans fans or anybody has really referred to the Titans offense as. Right. Uh, it, since it, Mariota it, departed. Arthur's Arthur's been the great at being the counter to that, the, like it being anything but predictable with with his play calling. But I feel like over the last three weeks, it's kind of fallen into a lull. And, Let me ask and you maybe, this. maybe that's just an execution thing to making me think that way. Like, you know, if say if uh, Anthony Ferkser makes the catch on first down, if uh, Corey Davis had some, some key drops on Sunday, if he makes those catches, maybe I'm not, maybe I'm not harping on this as much. And, and I'm still praising Arthur Smith for being that genius, but I can't help but think like if the play fails on first down, them running off tackle with Derrick Henry on second down is just, it's something we got to come to accept, I guess. Okay, let me ask you this, and give me like a short answer. Are you worried about the Titans' offense moving forward? Gosh, can I give you like a, a scale? Can I give you like scale, a... Scale me. I'm going to scale you... Uh, Worry meter. I'm going to scale you 65%, to be honest with you. And okay. I know that's not fair, especially in the back half of the season. We talk about it all the time. Derrick Henry will get better. And he's already the best restaurant in, in football. Um, he will he will only get stronger. I the, and look, I don't want to say this, Jack. I don't want to say it, but say it. I'm worried that the I don't want Miami Tannehill to come back. I don't want oh, him to rear dare. his ugly head, and I don't think it will. But I the last three weeks have given me doubt like and, and, and it's injected yeah. doubt into my system and i don't want it to be there i but that's where i'm at right now okay, so i say 65 percent. i'm worried about this offense moving forward let me tell you where i am 100 percent being the most worried incredibly yes. worried in a full panic yes i'm at about 15 percent, and i'll tell you why okay but, uh, i love this all right good we i need i need someone like you and i'll tell i'll tell you what what i'm thinking here okay the titans offense has had to overcome Taylor Lewan being injured. So they're so they're dealing, they're trying to mesh an offensive line together with not as much chemistry as they'd like sure. to have. So that's one reason. Reason number two, look outside. I know not today. It's, but look outside this weekend. It's gonna the weather's starting to get a little colder. What does that mean? That means Derrick Henry time. Okay. Yeah. 25, 30 carry games. He's gonna do his thing. Week 10 is when what did we say? We look at his numbers throughout his career. And week 10 is typically when he gets it going. So I look for him to start, you know, performing at a higher level. Um, another reason, that's three games in a row where the offense hasn't really performed up to their capabilities. And I, I, will, I will say this. I don't think the Titans offense is what it was in the first three or four games of the season. I think it's somewhere in the middle of where it was then and where it is now. I think, I think that water always finds its level and it's not going to be the 35 points a game. But it's also not going to be this uh, will they score a touchdown in the first half, you know, type offense. I think it's somewhere in the middle there. And I do trust Arthur Smith. This is my last reason. Arthur Smith is, I think, the best offensive coordinator the Titans have had since Heimerdinger. We, we get to this with Drew Bennett a little bit. Uh, so so I'm, not, I'm not worried about him. I think Tannehill is fine. I, I don't think there's an accuracy issue there. Hell, he led the NFL in completion percentage last season. I'm not going to say he's reverting back to his Miami ways because – Adam Gase is maybe the worst coach in the last decade in the NFL. And that's saying something considering Bill O'Brien was a coach in the NFL and in the last decade and a GM. Yeah. So look, I'm not worried about the Titans offense. I don't know if this week they'll get it right just because it's a short prep week. 
a kind of a funky week prep wise, but I look for the Ravens game to be the litmus test. Okay. If they have 10 days rest, they go up to Baltimore and they play a Ravens defense, which is one of the best in the league, a Ravens team that will want to get revenge on them from last season in the postseason. I think that is the game where Derrick Henry pops off again, where Ryan Tannehill starts making the big throws. And if it's not, if it's not, I'm going to, that's the, that panic meter, that worry meter is going to, is going to start rising a little bit. But for now, I'm not worried. I trust this offense. I trust the guys in the offense and I trust mostly Arthur Smith. Who's running the whole thing. All right, good. I like that, dude. I like that to be honest with you. Cause, and I love the fact that we came in here like with this plan. It's like, Oh, we got to talk about the defense Titans defense. And here we go. <laughs> and we just rattle off an entire segment on the Titans offense. And I, but it needed to be talked about. Yeah. It, they had gotten off to some slow starts and everyone is so focused on this defense. But really, the offense has struggled just as much over the last three weeks as as the defense has. And I'm I was glad that they started to put it together. You had that good night. And and look, you you want to talk if, if anyone's worried about the accuracy of Ryan Tannehill, that throw to AJ Brown Woo! down the sideline. My oh, gosh, sweet. dude. That was like that was like uh <laughs> like a football, like if if you had a like a wire. And the football went on a wire into his arms. Like that's how perfect that throw was. A frozen rope is what it was. Yeah. It was like, dude, like it hit him in stride. The, like AJ Brown, like, yeah, we know he's Superman, but he was literally wearing a, a defensive back as a cape on that play and <laughs> still made that catch and then dives into the end zone. It was phenomenal. So, all right, good. I'm back on. I'm back and on with this offense. Even, look, even when the offense is struggling, they have a big playmaker like A.J. Brown who can turn 10-yard gains into 30-yard gains in a snap of a finger. So I'm not worried. I think the playmakers are there. I feel good. Are you off the ledge now? I am. I am. Uh, I will say this. Corey Davis of old, like first four-year Corey yeah. Davis showed his head on Sunday. That worried me a bit. Um. He didn't but, drop that one, though. That one that would have been a big gainer. He didn't drop the def- defensive uh, back, made a good play on him. But, and that, and that, that, took, that took the replay for me to like stop cursing Corey's name. Uh, yeah, while I, I, think, I think you're the same way with a lot of Titans fans. But he was shut out, so I'd like yeah. to see more. So, contract, Corey, we need you back, man. Keep making that banana bread for us. Uh, get him back. And so then, complimenting what Arthur Brown – if we could just get – like an amazing Corey Davis and an amazing Arthur Brown game, uh, Arthur Juan Brown in, in one day on one Sunday, that would be perfect. I will say this Thursday night, the breaches report came out today. They're, they wearing all, they're wearing all navies, all navies, Ooh. which I feel like is the uniform for Titans Thursday night football games. Yeah. It's beautiful. It looks great in the dark period. Oh, at night game in those all navies, I'm my favorite is the navies, like the the classic, the original Titans look, the navies with the white pants. But the navy on navy look on Thursday night under the lights, that it just screams Derrick Henry's gonna go off and and punch someone in the mouth. It like I am so ready. Now it's not against the Jaguars, so it'll have a little different feel. But the you know the Colts are gonna be in all whites. Right. Like yeah. there's no way they go blue pants because that's they very rarely go that look. And that looks terrible. So they'll be all whites. Titans will be all navies. Derrick Henry's going off. And I think we can call it here. Yeah, I I, I would like to uh, 
to see that take place. And I think there's a good shot of them, you know, really now that they're on national television, they know everyone's watching. Right. Hey, let's put a, let's put a complete all around performance together. Let's get back on track. Let's show the NFL that, Hey, the Titans are here to, are here to win the AFC again, or yes. to compete in the AFC championship, at least again. Before we get to Drew Bennett, uh, this defense, I, I want to say that they're fixed. They're, they're back, baby. This, that that felt like a Titans defensive game, felt like one from last season. Um, what what they had three sacks, three um, sacks, three <laughs> sacks. This is a, a defense that couldn't <laughs> couldn't they couldn't have bought a sack. They couldn't have. Uh, uh, yeah, it, this is a defense like that has been struggling on the front line, and they ended up getting three on Sunday. That was awesome. That was much needed. Felt good just to hear. Uh, the the voice of the Titans, Mike Keith, go you know give us the sack <laughs> like that like and we it's got good, it three times good. so that that was awesome but I feel like we just need to carry in we need to get a flatbed truck for the grain of salt that we need to take this game with because of the because of the Chicago Bears and how inept that offense is. Like that's a really Awful. bad offensive. Terrible. That's a really bad offensive franchise. Like they're always known for their terrible offenses. Well, except for when they had Jay Cutler over there. Oh yeah. Sorry. But, Sorry. but yes, but yes, no, <laughs> no, they, they are. And they have been since Mitch Trubisky's come to town. Um, right. Right. It's, it's a bears offense. That was the second worst in terms of third down conversions in the NFL heading into the game facing a Titans defense that was the worst in third down defense. So it's hard to really kind of figure out whether it was a Titans defense or the Colts offense. I think it was a little bit of both bears end up, or not the Colts, the bears offense uh, bears end up going two for 15 on third down. That's terrible. That's the complete opposite of what the Titans defense has been allowing. They do that. Nick Foles doesn't look good at all. David Montgomery gets concussed. Uh, what I was impressed with was Breon borders. Okay, he's a guy that's not going to get to talk a ton about, but he played in every single defensive snap on the opposite side of Malcolm Butler at corner, and he only gave up five catches, 41 yards. He had a solid PFF grade. I mean, the, the guy showed up, and he's a guy that I honestly hadn't heard much of up until Sunday. He'd only played in seven snaps as a, in, a, as a, in his Titans career leading up into Sunday's game, but he stepped up in a big way, had Desmond King holding things down in the nickel, he was on the field 70% of the defensive snaps, 54 snaps out of 77. Uh, what we saw on Sunday, I think, was the Titans secondary, kind of given that front, th- those guys up in the front, uh, some time to get to the quarterback, a little extra time. And we see uh, Harold Landry, Jayon Brown get sacks, Daquan and Rashawn Evans splitting one. Uh, it's the first time all season the Titans have had three sacks in a game. And they, they did that 10 times last year. Yeah. And last year, what did they have? They had a strong secondary who kind of held things down on the backside to give those guys more time to find the quarterback up front. And let's, again, the flatbed truck with the massive yes. grain of salt on yes. it. We need to- that, is an, that is a Bears offensive line that was basically playing with, like, replacement dudes. It completely tattered up front, beaten up. It was like the Bengals offensive line from two weeks prior when the Titans played them. So I will say this. It was good to see the Titans get that sort of production against a crappy offensive line coming off of a week where they couldn't get anything done against a crappy offensive line. 
Now, if the Titans were at 100%, like their amazing Dean Pease defenses from years past. Dean Pease was in the building, of course, by the he way. He was in the building. He was. It was nice. It was like dad was watching. You know, it's like whenever your, your dad would come to practice and like watch your practice. You'd always like, want to play a little better. You'd play a little bit better. You'd be like, yeah, like, like that's, they clearly had that. Um, if this was last year's defense, though, against that crappy offensive line, they probably would have had like five or six sacks in mm-hmm. a game. But, but hey, yeah, we got to yeah. take what we, we got to building blocks, baby steps. Real, exactly. Baby steps. Yes. Like we if, need to, you got to walk before you can run. If you somebody sack before you can strip sack, strip sack. <laughs> Thank you. If Sunday's game does anything for the defense, if Sunday's game did do anything for the defense, at least, you know, maybe there's a jolt of confidence in there. You get rid of Vic Beasley, the energy vacuum, and maybe those guys start, start looking around and say, we really got to get our shit together or else we're going to be on, you know, looking for another team. And you don't want to jump ship on this Titans team because they are a team that could win it all. Or you'll find yourself in a position similar to Kemele Correa playing for the Jaguars. No one wants <laughs> to do that. Yeah. You don't want that. Yeah. I'll say goodness gracious. The, uh, but yeah, no Vic Beasley, definitely a, uh, energy vacuum. And if you're wondering what brand, definitely dirt devil. Because <laughs> he is the worst. Oh, like, terrible! I'm so glad he's gone. Uh, me too. And, oh, also, one more thing, Titans fans. The Titans defense did not succeed because Jadavian Clowney was not in the lineup. That's not why. Yeah, 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 yeah. None of that. Look at. Oh gosh, I the I'm I'm I don't want any more. Don't come at me with your Jadavian Clowney slander. Do not do that here. This is not a place for that because yeah, I. I, again, it, I'm, I'm in a text thread with some Titans fans and they were like, you know, Oh, Jadavian Clowney's out this week. Who's not going to sack the quarterback this week. Okay. That's a funny joke, but still it's, it's, great, it's a great joke. It's, <laughs> it is a great joke, but I don't want that to just, you know, take away from what we're trying to say here. Look, the Titans are a better defense with Jadavian Clowney on the field. Has he played up to his contract? No, he hasn't. No. Look, that's clear and obvious, but can he help this defense? Is he a guy who will make this defense better? By right. being on the field, and the answer is absolutely yes. We got our first glance at Derek Roberson this week. He was a menace in the backfield, uh, causing some disruption back there. I, I think now that the, this this defense is kind of getting it together a little bit. They're, they're, all the pieces are coming back. We're waiting on a Dory, but once a Dory comes back, there's you know there's potential for this defense to peak at the right time, and I'm excited to see it. Right, and I I had a, a buddy say, well, the um, you know we're not getting the number one draft pick production out of Jadavian Clowney that we should be. And I told him, I said, look, we're not looking for number one draft pick production out of Jadavian Clowney. We're looking for one year, $14 million contract signing production out of Jadavian Clowney. Titans Hell, didn't waste I'm looking for 7 million production at this point. Half sure. of that production. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Like, but that's, that was my point I was trying to make was you're looking for a free agent signing production out of him. You're not looking for Titans didn't waste a number one overall draft pick. Yes. He was the number one overall draft pick by the Texans, but the Titans didn't waste that pick. Like no, he's you're, looking, you're looking for production because he's a great talented player and you're getting some of that. You're getting bits and pieces of it. You just haven't gotten it all together. Just hasn't Again. shown up in the sacks column, which is the, the big gripe. He's, and, look, he's pressuring the quarterback. He's, I'm not. I don't want to sound like a Jadavian Clowney apologist because I'm not. I just. I don't think he's the reason why. You know, right. his absence was why the Titans played well on Sunday. I think there was a, multiple uh, reasons why that defense played well. A beat up offensive line, like you mentioned. 
uh, kind of getting some guys back together, a secondary that performed well for the first time this season. If you're looking at just his sacks column and looking at his production, then you need to do that for literally every other defensive lineman on this roster. Yeah, don't, be a, what? don't be a box gonna, score warrior. Don't do that. No one likes right, it. Right. Don't, don't do this. But if you're going to do it, do it for literally every Titans defensive lineman. And you're going to be just as disappointed with those guys as you will Jadavian Clowney because there have not been a outside of Sunday, there have not been a lot of sacks this year. Yeah. So do not just look at a defensive lineman and grade him by the numbers uh on his stats. Line. I think I think the frustration comes from the amount of money he's getting paid. And you know, they kind of stamped him as the and we did too. the The biggest off season acquisition in Titans history. Oh, we did. did we? I, did I we, think we did. did I we think have we did. a uh, which is what you're supposed to be. I mean, you pay didn't have like a segment. segment. Uh, no, we didn't dedicate like ten minutes. Did we? Yeah, we didn't dedicate like ten minutes to saying that. No, but um, look, it's okay. It's okay. Look, you're you're not going to get a Pro Bowl clowny. That's clear. Let's just get a clowny that helps the team win. He's going to have that one game. Right. We're banking on it. That one game where he just wrecks everything. Just wait just, on. It. Right. Yeah. You're not looking. Yeah. You're not going to get a freaking Bozo the Clown. Okay. With his own TV show. You're all you need is a birthday clowny that can do some balloon animals. <laughs> really? That's all we're looking for. $20 an hour clowny. That's what we're looking for. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Maybe one named Spudzo that you found <laughs> on the, you know, the classifieds of your local paper. That's what we're looking for out of this year's clowny. Okay. Lower the expectations, people. Uh, <laughs> I love I love how the Tighten Up podcast is telling people to lower their expectations. <laughs> that should that should be the motto of this podcast. Just lower your expectations, okay? Uh, my uh, except for this guy, except for this interview, except yeah. for Drew freaking Bennett, who's coming up here in just a second. Before we get to Drew, let me talk to you about my bet.ag. <laughs> my bet. I, I did this last week. You did. My bookie.ag. My bookie. That's what copy and paste will get you. My bookie.ag. Guys, you need to go to my bookie.ag because sports betting is like the new cool thing. It's the new cool fad. And if you want to fit in with your, not, not to go all peer pressure, but like if you want to fit in <laughs> nowadays, you need to learn how to bet sports and you need to do it through my bookie.ag because when you do, and when you use code MYTITANS, you will double your first deposit up to $1,000. That's free money. Jack Gentry. Hey, how did our uh, how did our My Best Bet do this week? Oh, it won. The Titans' yes! best bet on A to Z won. Six and three on the season. Follow A to Z Sports. Look on sun, or Saturday mornings around 930, and you'll find a winner every single Saturday. Every- most Saturdays, most Saturdays. Six what, and three. Hey, it's pretty. What, what was the, what was the bet this week? I saw it, but I forgot oh, it. First half under, too easy. First half under twenty three points. Yeah, I, I too easy. yeah, it was yeah easy money right there. Give me a challenge, Vegas. I want a challenge. Come on, Vegas. Go to mybookie.ag. Use code MyTitans. Double your first deposit up to a thousand dollars, and then spend that money on the uh, my best bet on Saturday mornings at A to Z Sports on Twitter and Instagram and uh, Facebook and literally every social media. With that said, let's get to our guy, Drew Bennett. Guys, you are going to love this interview. Jack and I love it. He's awesome. He's he's the man. I love Drew Bennett. All right, let's get to Drew. I'm 
going to be real with you guys. Our guest this week is uh, is one of my all-time favorite Titans. He brought a lot of joy and excitement to a position that up until last year for the Titans really had no, not a whole lot of joy and or excitement. Uh, 307 career receptions, over 4,400 yards, and 28 receiving touchdowns for both the Titans and the Rams in his career. And dare I say... He rivals Charlie Whitehurst as one of the better-looking Titans of all time. <laughs> number 83 in your playbooks, but number one in your wives' and girlfriends' hearts. He is Andrew Russell Bennett. Drew, how are you, man? Doing awesome. Thank you guys for having me on. Dude, no, thank you for taking the time. This is, uh, this is definitely one that Jack and I have circled for a while. Like, we've been like, we got to get if – if there's some way we can get Drew – Bennett on the podcast then I'm pretty sure we'll just go oh yeah higher because I really don't think you can go up from there um, <laughs> but uh but Drew I gotta ask you this I will start kind of where I where I alluded to in the uh in the open but would you agree that you are at very least on the Mount Rushmore of good-looking titans oh absolutely I mean well, <laughs> what are you talking about <laughs> No, you know, especially now that I'm looking at this on Zoom, I mean, it's hard, you know, there's nobody who looks good on Zoom, right? I mean, it's, the, the world has changed. Right. And every time, you, you know, I have a friend that we talk about on Zoom, it's like, do you look at yourself or the other person mostly? And you're like, oh, man, I, I don't know. I look at my, you know, so now I, you know, it's funny, I, I do have my wife, actually, number one fan that now complains about the way I look, but she always tells me like, you know, I liked you when you had like, you know, more weight on you. I was like, that was, you know, 10, 15 <laughs> years ago. My hair was long. I'm 20 years younger, 15 years younger. And guess what? I worked out all day. That's all I did. Like I can gain 20 pounds again. I won't look the same as it did 15 years ago, but I can gain 20 pounds. It'd be great. Yeah. I had some like the most professional like trainers and uh, strength <laughs> right. coaches helping me along the way too. So uh, if, if you want to bring them back on board, yeah, let's do this. Let's add it. <laughs> exactly. Back. Exactly. Honey. See, I'm going to have her watch this. Drew, what are you doing? What are you, can you, can you give us an update on Drew Bennett? You know, uh, Titans fans, I'm sure are curious what Drew Bennett is up to these days. Yeah, what, what's question. going on with you? Yeah. You know, it's, it's called the revised dream, right? You know, from okay. playing in the NFL to uh, managing two little girls, eight and five, Dylan and Blaine, living in Northern California. I work as a financial advisor now. So, mm. I mean, it's really, you know, the world has changed. It's, uh, it's a lot of <laughs> soccer practices and, you know, going to bed early. And, you know, I still love the Titans, still watch a lot of football, still talk to a bunch of the guys from back in the day, but uh, definitely a new world out here. Now, I um... – Drew, I heard on an interview that uh, that I thought was really funny, uh, an interview of yours. Uh, what, and I, I want you to share it with our audience. What was the what was the thing that you would think whenever every single time you would come out of the tunnel, especially the first time you came out of the tunnel? Oh well, yeah, the boo, the Drew. You know, sounds like the boo. Uh -huh. My uh, my mom. I mean, she was beside herself the first time she came to Titan Stadium. You know, my dad was telling me after the game. Obviously, she figured it out quick, but she like. Oh my God, he's only been here for like three months and they already hate him. What did he do wrong? Like my dad's like, no, no, no. I think they're I think they're saying Drew. So there was definitely uh and then when I came back, I don't long time ago, 2008 or 2007, we scrimmaged against the Titans when I was with the Rams. And we came to the training camp practices that, you know, pre-COVID obviously had a bunch of people around. And I caught a pass in one of the seven-on-sevens or something like that. And all the Titans fans there, you know, drew. And one of the center for our team was like, 
damn, they hate you already. You were just here last year. I'm like, no, no, that's my name. Like, so yeah, no, I loved it. You know, I know Bruce Matthews had it before me kind of, and yeah, and I, I know there's other players that have it, but yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. Well, Drew, let me ask you this. The Titans are kind of back to where they were back in the early days when you were with them in the early 2000s and everything. Do you keep up with a bunch of the Titans still today? Like, like, do you keep an eye on them as they play? I know you're all the way across the country in California, but do you still keep an eye on those guys? Oh, absolutely. You know, the Titans are near and dear to my heart. It's funny, right when I left there, I went to St. Louis, you know, a little bit of a bad taste just because I, you know, I probably would have, looking back now, or not, you know, even then wanted to be a Titan, loved my experience there. You know, they initiated me into the NFL. They took a chance on me as a free agent. Like, I have nothing but love for the Titans. Love Nashville. And, um, you know, go back there quite often. So I, I follow the Titans. You know, obviously you don't get the, the Tennessee and you know, those types of things to really stay ingrained with the day-to-day stuff. But I definitely still watch the team as much as I can. And, uh, you know, I'm happy to see them, uh, you know, kind of on the right path and, and a good football team again because Nashville deserves that. Like, that's what was great when I was there is, you know, out here there are – 49ers fans and Raiders fans, not anymore Raiders fans, but sprinkled among the population. And in Tennessee, it was a small enough town, especially when I was there. I know it's grown a lot, but where, you know, a majority of the people were Titans fans and it was like kind of a community feel and everyone got behind it. It was, uh, it's fun that that's kind of, you know, being relived now with the team as good as it is. Okay. So I'm glad you said that. So you do keep an eye on the team the way it is. The offense is, is back to being a high powered, you know, well-oiled machine that it was back in your day. So I have to ask you, who had the better offense, the 2003 Tennessee Titans or the 2020 <laughs> Tennessee Titans? Good question. 2003, it's a no-brainer. What are you talking about? <laughs> Mike Heiberdinger? You know what I mean? Like, that was that was like his coming out year, right? Steve McNair, he had had him under his tutelage for, you know, what at that point, I guess, three years and had really come into his own as an offensive coordinator. Um so, you know, and we were, we were very well balanced. You know, Titans right now, I know that Hannah Hills had some good stats, but it seems like they're definitely run first. And I think 2003 was the first year that, don't get me wrong, every Jeff Fisher team was still mostly run and play good defense. But that was the first year that he really kind of unleashed McNair, um, you know, who, could, who was obviously a great runner, a good athlete as well. But we really were balanced. We had no tendencies. There was no, you know, we would throw it on third and one. We would pass it on third and one. We would run it on second and 12. Like, Mike Hammerdinger had such a – I think we were third in the NFL in offense that year. So, you know, I, of course, it's always better back in the day. You know, I know the Titans are great now, and I definitely – not taking any shots at the current offense, but, no, of course, my era was way better. Yeah, and, and that was, like, before all the uh, yeah. the rules that the NFL put in to where, like, it, you know, it favors the offense even more. So you guys even had a, a tougher uphill battle with, 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 what, with the rules no set question. in place back then. Dude, we played against Patrick Sertain and Sam Madison, who at the time were the Pro Bowl corners from the Miami Dolphins. And they came up and scrimmaged against us in 2001, 2002, I believe. And the amount of downfield contact and holding and grabbing, and you couldn't get anything done. And those guys were literally of the mindset, I'm going to hold and grab every play. I'm going to get three pass interference or holding calls a game, and you're never going to get open. Those guys would never be able to play in today's NFL. They would get abs- they'd be out of every game. They'd have six penalties on the first six passing plays and be done. So, you know, everyone – yeah, no, there's no question. I would love to not be bumped running 12 yards down the field with a linebacker, you know, getting to his you know, hook coverage as you're trying to run a seam route. If that guy couldn't hit you, like, it would be awesome. So yeah. I watch that now, and I'm definitely jealous. Austin, I, that's that's kind of how I imagine Donnie Nicky practices went in the offseason. Yeah, yeah, right. Donnie Nicky's a good well, friend of the Chuck podcast. Cecil disciple. Yeah. Chuck yeah. Cecil disciple, man. I mean, that guy didn't care anything about coverage. Even in practice, Chuck would be like, hit him. 
hit him, take his head off. Like, we're on the same team. He's like, I can't help it, hit him. Like, so, so. So, so did you ever get in a fight with Donnie Nicky? Because I know he fought just about half of the offense. Yeah. No, you know, I, I was one of the, you know, I was older than Donnie Nicky. So it was kind of like the respect went up, it did not go down. So, you know, his first <laughs> yeah. couple of years, he was, you know, still, still, you know, played angry and played great, but he didn't, he didn't go up the food chain for fights. He always went down. So then when he got, you know, fifth, sixth year, that's when it was dangerous to be on that offense. Lindale White rolled through the building and yeah. Donnie Nicky had it out with <laughs> exactly. him. Now, uh, Drew, I'm glad you brought up Mike Heimerdinger because, uh, so I, I went to, uh, I, I played high school ball with his son, Brian, and I got to ask you, just to make sure, you know, like uh, we come from the same perspective, but was uh, Mike Heimerdinger yelling at you as bad as it was when he would yell at me and, and Brian and all, and all of our, our high school buddies? <laughs> I would lay in bed at night during my first two seasons, the NFL, picturing how I could punch him in the face. <laughs> I hated that man. Hated. And I don't say hate lightly. Like he, now granted, I think he was establishing himself and, you know, my middle of my second into my third, fourth year there, I've never had a switch like that. I've never kind of seen the light with the coach. I've never built a relationship with someone that I, like, I grew to love Mike Heimerdinger. I grew to talk to Mike Heimerdinger and I went to St. Louis and after my NFL career, you know, um, you know, RIP Mike, but, you know, like I really grew to love that guy and really saw what, you know, it's one of those things, right? Like if he's not yelling at you, he doesn't care about you. Well, then he cared a whole lot about me because <laughs> he would. I also think, you know, early, I'm an undrafted free agent. I'm expendable. And he had, you know, Derek Mason, Eddie George, Frank Wycheck, Steve McNair, guys that he could not yell at because those guys would all just be like, you know what? I'm going to have you fired. You can't yell at me like that. I'm the established vet. I'm the marquee guys. So he would just have this frustration built up about things in the offense. Like one time, you know, one of the, my very first games, I played like four snaps. And I thought I did fine. I ran the routes I was supposed to. I got the blocks I was supposed to. And he comes into the weight room on Monday morning. And I can see him looking around. I'm like, damn, he looks pissed. I'm, I wonder who he's looking for. <laughs> and he sees me and comes over. What the hell was that post draft? And I'm like, oh, my God. He yells and yells and yells and yells and then storms off. And I'll never, I think it was like Kevin Carter or somebody was standing next to me. He goes, what was that all about? I went, I have no idea. Like, <laughs> I was so fearful of that man early on. So, you know, again, I, like I said, I grew to absolutely love Mike Heimerdinger and really appreciated how he approached things. And I think, again, he was learning his way and was voicing frustration, not just at me, but at the other guys he couldn't yell at. So it was, it was definitely an interesting relationship early on. Yeah, I'll, I'll say that most of the yells we would get from him would come from upstairs, though, when we would be in the basement. <laughs> so I guess there is a little bit of difference there. It wasn't exactly face-to-face <laughs> all, all of the time, but my goodness, yeah, yeah no, I – I, I, I feel for you, man. I, I know. Where I'm you're... glad you understand. I mean, you really understand. I'm glad that makes me feel yes. better. <laughs> yeah, it was terrifying. <laughs> yeah, he was. And he, but... he was a friend's dad, too. So, like, that, like that, it brought in that kind of fear, too, where it was like, oh, my gosh. Like, you know, it's, it's rare you see your friend's dads yell. And when they do, <laughs> you know, you know, that's when it means business. So, I, I want I, you to know that him yelling at you was McNair's fault. It was McNair and Frank Wycheck because he couldn't yell at them, so he brought it home too. <laughs> right, right. Brought his work home with him. That's so, but Titans fans love Dinger. Dinger's, I mean, now we have Arthur Smith. You know, he's working his way through the ranks, but Dinger's the best offensive mind the Titans probably have ever had up to this point. And he really kind of flexed his brain in that 2004 season. And I know you remember the 2004 season fondly. You had, a, I think, a 1,200-yard season with – double-digit touchdowns, but there was one 
three-game stretch in the 4 season that I don't think the NFL had ever seen before. And ironically enough, it came with Billy Volick under center. Yes. McNair had gotten banged up earlier in the year. And you and Billy Volick, I don't know what kind of dark arts, blood magic, voodoo ritual you guys pulled. <laughs> yeah. But there was a three-game stretch where you had eight touchdowns and over 500 yards. But your biggest performance came on Monday Night Football against the Kansas City Chiefs. You had a 12-catch, 233-yard game, found the end zone three times. What the hell were you and Billy doing? <laughs> I, you know, it's some guys, like, just click, right? And Billy, he, you know, I, we could go off on a long tangent about how Billy Volick really didn't take advantage of the skill set that he had to be the player he could have been in the NFL. But that, you know, that's a long story about how he pushed himself and with his bad agent, Drew Rosenhaus, out of – you know, Tennessee before he got the chance to start for an entire season. But Billy Volick was incredibly accurate, quick release, you know, strong arm, like he had all the tools. And, you know, people always ask me like, oh, what, you know, how was it, what, what happened? How did you guys catch fire? I'm like, the truth is we sucked as a football team and we had to always play catch up, right? I mean, Billy was throwing the ball 50 times. So people are like, oh, how did you get, I'm like, I always play like that. You know, that's the frustrating part. It was great. I loved it. I'm glad that I got the opportunity to, to have that run. And, you know, there was definitely kind of a bond with Billy. Like, I mean, you get in that zone. I got with him McNair too, but never to the extent that I did for that set games with Billy, where I knew at the line of scrimmage, he was going to throw him the ball. I knew exactly where it was going to come. He knew exactly where I was going to be. You know, we would do audibles of the line of scrimmage without even him even saying anything. He would just kind of look at me and be like, all right, I'm changing this into a slant go instead of a slant, stuff like that. that you know, you can see there's other guys in the league that have that receiver like that. It was without question the most fun stretch of my career. Um, but yeah, it was part of it was, I mean, we were down, right? We, our defense was super beat up. I think we had the crazy amount of guys on IR. And so we had to throw the ball 50 times the game. And, you know, look what happens when, you know, you get targeted 16 times the game, you're going to end up with 11 or 12 catches. It was great. And that's, it's funny because in that Monday night game where you had over 200 yards and three touchdowns, the Titans lost by 11. I mean, right. do, you, do you walk into the locker room after the game and look at the defense and say, what do we have to do? <laughs> you know, not really, because there's going to be a time you drop a ball to win a game and, you know, they're like, they're not going to, you don't want them walking in there and calling you out. So, no, you know, it's, uh, yeah, that, I had a funny, that Monday night game, I had a guy, I, I made this deal with myself early in my career, watching all these guys get all these email uh, mail like there used to be just boxes of mail that would come for eddie george and mcnair and i went oh man if i ever make the nfl i'm going to answer every piece of mail i get and i tried through my eight-year career so i would go at the end of the season i would go through all of my mail and I would, you know take the big box home and go through it all and i had this i opened this one and a ten dollar check fell out i'm like huh so i read the letter and it says drew bennett i had you you know it was my super bowl weekend for fantasy football you were my last <laughs> player on monday night i was down 40 points and the, the league was like, dude, just pay whoever. Like, receivers don't get 40 points. And he's like, you had 13 catches, 233 yards, and three <laughs> touchdowns for 41 points. So here's 10% of my winnings. You know, thank you so much. And I wrote thank you on the memo line and cashed it. That's <laughs> <laughs> so good. I love it. It's, it's, it's Manning, Marvin Harrison, Steve Young, Jerry Rice, and Volek, uh, Drew Bennett. It's, I think all of America would agree that those are, like, just some of the best quarterback receiver pairings of all time well a friend of mine who was trying to put together like a fantasy football convention and he asked me if I had any ideas I'm like dude you should do one hit wonders 
There should be a room with a like a cover band that just does one hit wonders and you have your Drew Bennett's and your Billy Volicks <laughs> all there is like, you know, socializing is hey, these are the who's the other guy? Allstott or whatever, the running back that had like, Pound like the rock, 20 yeah. touchdowns in one season, right? Yeah. And then never really had another year like that. I mean, it was yeah. I thought get, that'd be a good fantasy football. Yeah, get Chumbawamba to play. I'm sure they're they've got uh, <laughs> that going on, you know. <laughs> <laughs> now drew the you uh so you come out of ucla first of all you turned down a scholarship at princeton right and to go well, to they don't UCLA. do scholarships but i turned down a uh an opportunity to go there that so, first of all biggest, that's the biggest boss move i've ever heard <laughs> princeton <laughs> princeton's like hey yeah we want you to play football here and you're like mm, no no thanks dude they better change their recruiting trips up it was like february 7th it was snowing it was like nine degrees i flew all the way from california <laughs> yeah you know like i didn't really like the guy that i stayed with it was freezing i was walking around i didn't see any you know girls or anything i was like i i it took me nine hours to get here and then the next weekend i went to ucla to look and i was like hey look dad i'm sorry they're like no you're going to princeton you have to go to princeton i'm like i i can't now that i've seen ucla I cannot go to Princeton, you know? Right. So it was a contentious yeah. few months in my house when I was like, I'm just not going. <laughs> it's like, and plus, uh, have you seen the girls at UCLA, mom and dad? Like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> right? It was uh, a no-brainer. I mean, I, it's funny. I, had, I coached football for a while, and there was a kid that really had a similar situation. I think it was, it was a quarterback named Drew from Maramonte where I went to school, and he got an opportunity to either – he was going, like, to walk on at San Diego State or was getting recruited by NY, – not NYU, but Columbia or something like that. And, you know, he knew my story – and he was like, I should go to San Diego State, right? I'm like, okay, this is going to sound crazy. You should, go to, you should go to Columbia and get an education. He's like, but you, I'm like, I'm just telling you the real move. Like, I look back now, that yeah. was not the smartest move. Like, right. Do, do so, as I say, not as I do. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, um, so you, at, at UCLA, you went as a quarterback, but then obviously made the switch while you're at UCLA to wide receiver. First of all, what was that transition like? And was it hard? Because I imagine going from the guy who has the ball in his hands on literally every play to a guy who, you know, at a wide receiver, you have to really fight for, for the ball to get even thrown your way. Was that transition hard to go through? Or was it just one of those things where it's like, no, I got to do this. Let's do it. Yeah, it was hard. You know, it was hard both, you know, losing the spot and then kind of relegating yourself to this like third receiver role my last year there, really feeling like I'd kind of failed my – you know, my football career in college, which, I mean, I still would say that I failed my football career in college, but uh, yeah, it's just, I, I wanted to play. I was, you know, really, I was always a team guy. So, Hey, if I can help here, if I can do little things here and, you know, participate and, uh, you know, contribute just a little bit, like, yeah, then let's do it. And were you you oh, were the, I was going to say, you were the emergency quarterback. Yeah. That's Titans, what I was going to ask. <laughs> and Oh, at the Titans? Yes. Oh, yeah. No, I'd go down pregame, you know, like coaches wouldn't have me take a single snap all game, right? They'd only dress two quarterbacks. So in pregame, I'd go down when we were supposed to be doing receivers drills, and they were doing team, like, you know, inside run warm-up, and I'd go take a few snaps and hand the ball off to And I was like, hey, coach, if I get in there, like, you know they're going to bring pressure. I should probably throw a go route, right? He's like, just hand the ball off. Like, don't, <laughs> don't try anything. Just hand the ball off. I'm like, okay, sure. But that being the emergency quarterback behind two injury-prone guys like Steve McNair and Billy Volick, I mean, you never know when it could be your time to get back there. Totally. I was ready. I was ready, man. I'm telling you. I, no, I mean, ignorance is bliss, right? I, I, at the time, you know, 23 years old, they're like, can you? I'm like, yeah, of course I can do it. Just put me in there. Like, I – it's the same thing as college, right? Just drop back there and throw. So, yeah. Whew, I'm glad that didn't come up. You threw, that, one, you threw one touchdown, though. You, you, didn't, didn't you yeah. hit Derek Mason? 
uh, it, right. it, in that 04 season. Yeah. So yeah. You, can, you can get back there. It was, and that, it was uh, you know, a little come, come, or stop and go, reverse pass. And, you know, D Mace, he, he was open. I was like, oh, I should run it. No, I guess he's really, he's open enough. I'll throw it to him. So that was one of those early, like, hey, do you know Ryan Fitzpatrick went to Harvard type comments that like Titans fans would always throw around? It's like, hey, did you know Drew Bennett played quarterback in college? Like, that was, <laughs> that was the go to thing, like, especially like for, for kids my age back then, I was like, what, like middle school, early high school, or I, no, I was in high school at the time. But it was like that was one of those stats that you would throw around, you know, share with like your mom, like, hey, mom, do you know Drew Bennett? You know, he used to play <laughs> quarterback in uh, college, and she'd be like, oh, that's probably why he's got such great arms. And it's like, all right, mom, stop. <laughs> <laughs> well, fun fact: Fitzpatrick's so old. I played with him in St. Louis. Oh, that's right. Oh my gosh, yeah. that's yeah. right. Did so you know I he went to he Harvard? Oh, of course. I mean, besides that head, you know he went to Harvard. I'm like, well, his, you don't understand how big his dome is. I don't know how they found a helmet that was going to fit that thing. It's like, oh, it's a joke in the locker room. Like, wow, take your helmet off. Oh, oh real funny. And, and now, now with the beard, he, li- he literally looks like a, a lawn gnome. <laughs> Just with, <laughs> totally. with the oversized head and the, you know, the small, hairy body. <laughs> the grizzly items. Um, Drew, uh, there were a lot of great m- moments with you in Tennessee, and I kind of want to get to one. There was, a, I, think, I, think, I think it was in 2003, the Titans were on the road in Houston, and McNair f- was finding you late. He found you eventually in the, like, the back left corner of the end zone for a game-winning score. I think you guys won 27-24, but it was your celebration that, that I don't think I'll forget, and I think a bunch of Titans fans <laughs> agree with me here. Because you caught the ball and then you immediately turned to the crowd and threw up the shush. Yeah. As you kind of ran and celebrated. Can you take us through that moment? Yeah, no, I mean, people always ask me what my favorite sports moment was. And that's definitely, I think, catching a football or catching a touchdown in the AFC Championship game against Charles Woodson at home, you know, here at the Raiders Stadium. That and that moment in Houston were probably tied for my two best moments, right? Fourth and 12, game on the line to catch it there. And that place is so loud, right? Reliance Stadium had just opened. So the crowd was rocking. It was unbelievably big at the time. You know, I know everything that they're building now these days looks like that. But back then, that place was incredibly massive compared to anywhere else that I'd been inside. And so to have that entire place just completely go silent when I catch that, caught that ball was, I didn't, you know, that was not planned or anything. It just got so quiet. I went, oh, yeah, you guys be quiet. So <laughs> it was, yeah, I still to this day, my mom like, has, still has a copy of the like Houston, whatever Chronicle, whatever it is with the whole front page is just a picture of me like that. And that's one of the few items that I've kept from the football days. That was a fun one. That's sweet. Um, the other side of the coin, I, I, I want to ask you about, I think I have to ask you about, okay, this won't be as pleasant of a memory, but it, <laughs> it's, it's one that I'm sure you'll remember. Uh, AFC championship game against the Patriots. Uh, Titans had been in the AFC championship game two of, the pre- two of the Fourth previous four years. Fourth and eight. <laughs> yes, that's right. And this, on this game, you guys were driving, and I think you were down 17-14. Y'all were driving, and a couple of penalties backed, backed the offense up. I think an intentional grounding, and Benji Olsen was flagged for a hold. But, it was baloney, totally yes, baloney. Yeah, he was, he was pissed about it in the, in the postgame. Um, McNair finds you to set up a fourth and 11. You're at the Pats somewhere in the 40, close to the 40-yard line. You can't kick a field goal. It's too far. Um, McNair scrambles on fourth down. Doesn't really have time to scramble. They blitz him, and he kind of just throws it off his back foot, a prayer up to you. It, it hits off your fingertips. Asante Samuel comes in and breaks it up. Um, it, hits off your page, fingertips is a very nice way to put that. It was a drop. It was a bad drop. And the Patriots go on to win the Super Bowl. How, 
I mean, to go into an offseason with that sour taste in your mouth, what was that like, along with kind of watching the Patriots, a team that you guys had, go on to win it all? Oh, I mean, look, there was a lot of sleepless nights over that, right? I mean, that the, the good comes with the bad. You know, it's like you think back to – I mean, it took me a long time to get over. I thought about that play for a long, long time, got a lot of nasty letters about it, you know, all that stuff. But, hey, man, you know, it's so far removed now that it does – you know, it builds character if you want to say that, right? I can joke about it now, but, you know, that – and the funny thing is, you know, it was, I had like two of my best catches, which, you know, there were two on the sideline that were like toe tap grabs. One of them, I, I can't even believe I caught it kind of just stuck in my hands. So I was so confident at that time too, right? I mean, I would take that play over again 50 times to be like, oh, I know he's going to throw me the ball here. I'm hot right now. Let's go. Um, to drop that was just, oh, I could still, I still feel it hit my just dead hands right there. It was so bad. But that night I go home you know, don't sleep a wink. I'm lying in bed. It's like 5.45, 6 o'clock in the morning. We got home super late, obviously. And I finally start in the sun, starting to come up. I'm like, oh, you know what? Maybe it's not that bad. Maybe I'm overplaying this in my head. Maybe I go out and sit down on my couch. I had this big tube 64-inch television, right, back in the day. I turn it on. It kind of takes the picture a little while to come into a display. And not on ESPN, on CNN, it says Titans Super Bowl hips, uh, hope slip through Bennett's fingers. And it's a slow motion of me dropping the ball. And I'm like, oh, man, it's really that bad. Like, <laughs> CNN, CNN did you? Yeah. yeah, so anyway, I mean, but it was, you know, like that was those plays, those games come down to those plays. Like that is, you know, watching, who was it? Um, you know, a guy that had a lot of success a couple of years ago for the Eagles in the playoff game ran a slant route on fourth down and went right through his hands and everyone, Oh man, what a loser. I just, I felt, I felt exactly what he felt like walking off the field where nobody's going to say anything to you. Everybody feels bad that it happened, but everyone's thinking, man, why can't you catch the ball? Like what's wrong with you? So yeah, definitely a character builder. If you like the reverse stick to sports, it's like, you know, it's like everyone always (laughs) says, it does, you know, athletes stick to sports. Like you should have been like CNN stick to, politics or news or whatever. <laughs> like why are you like this should be the one channel i should go to that's safe from hearing yeah, about right like that's the odds were just unbelievable if you had held on to that ball do you think your team would have gone on to win it all absolutely yeah oh. absolutely. <laughs> stings that stings Dude, oh, we were man. so good right they were yeah. I think that was was that the year that we started like uh, there was one year we started one and four and ended up 12 and five or no, no, we started one and three or one and four and ended up 11 and five on the season. We just were steamrolling people at the end of the season. I think that was the year. And man, no, we were, it was, you know, it was, it was probably one of my, even though that game, I had some of my best catches and it was one of my best experiences, like super hostile environment. It was 20 below, you know, it was like zero degrees with the wind chill. It was 20 below. They'd give you the water on the sideline, take a sip, and it was ice. I mean, it was like mm-hmm. one of those experiences that I remember. It just would have been a lot better if the ending <laughs> goes with, hey, man, then you caught that one on fourth down. It's, we scored a touchdown and won the game. So, it yeah, happens. that's a tough one. It, it, it happens. There's a, there's, a bunch of, there's a bunch of moments in the playoffs, that, and especially for this Titans team, that, you know, could have brought that elusive Super Bowl ring home. We look last year. You have the Chiefs on the ropes in the first half, but they end up coming back. I mean, it's something about the AFC Championship game, it seems like. And then you get to the Super Bowl in 99 before you get there, and you come up a yard short. It just seems like there's some curse or some hex that's been put on this franchise. Yeah, when you, when you end up – when you first started off with the Titans, was it – I mean, obviously, like back in the day, it was a new franchise and, you know, still fairly new, but they, but they had a lot of success under their belt, at least under the name Titans. Was that – how were you feeling when you first 
came to Nashville? No, I mean, I was excited to join that franchise. That was definitely one of the up and, you know, what you thought was a, a team that had everything put together to make a big run. And you had the veterans with Eddie George, Steve McNair, Frank Wycheck, and, you know, uh, Blaine Bishop and guys that were just like really good professionals, guys that really managed the younger guys well and taught them how to win. So I was excited to get there. You know, we what go seven to nine the first season with some injuries and stuff. So kind of like I got set up. Not that I had any options, you know, the Titans were the only team that called me. So <laughs> can't be that upset. And I, it is, I was going to say, it is Colts week. It's Colts hate week on the podcast. Yeah. Um, I know you can't be too big of a fan of the Colts after what you guys went through in that rivalry uh, early on in your career. But let me ask you about a certain game. Were you a part of that team where Rob Baronis hit the 60-yard game winner? What was Absolutely. that like? That was one of the most magical <laughs> moments in, like, the Titans history. You know, and the crazy thing was his confidence on the sideline beforehand, right? I mean, a lot of kickers you kind of see – and they're very, you know, honest about what they kick before the game. They don't want to be put in a situation that they, you know, would really test them to make them look that bad. And I mean, Babronis, like, I don't know if you remember the exact, but it was like 62 yards or something like that, or 64 yards. And he was like, I can make this. The coach was like, hold on a second. And we threw and got another four yards or something like that out of bounds. But I mean, that dude was dialed in from four minutes left in that game. He was like, I'm, doesn't matter where you put the ball. I'm going to make this. Like it was that was an awesome, awesome game. Man, ice in his veins. We could use a kicker like that. Goskowski, yeah. who actually was on the other side of the AFC championship game, uh, he's, he's struggled as of late. So, yeah, we, we could use a Baronis to come walk through those doors again. <laughs> Drew, I've got one, uh, one selfish question for you uh, on the way out the door. Um, you, you obviously, you, your last few years you played in St. Louis. I currently live in St. Louis. I so I have to ask you and be honest this is a safe place nobody's listening <laughs> what do you think of St. Louis pizza oh let's not go there we're not gonna taint this podcast with that are we? <laughs> oh, next question that's, that's flat all right all right dude I drew I knew I loved you but like now like I look I nothing against st louis but i i love it here i love the city but the food choices here man they are they are something else between the toasted ravs and the st louis quote unquote style pizza and oh, and and everything else it's like <laughs> my and i and my wife is is from st louis so we get into this back and forth all the time of about the <laughs> about the they're pizza. strong about it they're strong about it absolutely <laughs> i think they were brainwashed i don't know i don't know what it is but the cardboard with ketchup on it is just it, it's not a good tasting pizza <laughs> <laughs> all right drew well uh before we get you out of here we need a prediction for sunday because the titans are six and two or excuse me for thursday night when game's gonna be in what two days yeah from when this podcast drops so thursday night Colts are coming to Nashville. Titans get back on track with a big win against the Bears last week. Uh, Colts are kind of an, a, a funky team with Phillip Rivers behind center and that offense not being as nearly as prolific as it was back in the day. Uh, what, what do you think is going to take place on Thursday night? You know, I think Titans actually beat them pretty soundly. I think that, you know, the home game, I think Vrabel is a Belichick disciple. So seeing kind of the model that the Ravens – I know we don't have a running quarterback like Lamar Jackson, but at least – what worked on defense, those short weeks really kind of emphasize the quality of coach and the ability to process information super quick. And so I think a guy like Brable on the defense 
taking cues from that game. And I think Phillip Rivers isn't the threat that he was even last year and especially five years ago, right? His arm strength, you can really play downhill on defense because his arm strength's just not there to really threaten you that deep. So it matches up well with, you know, them being able to run the football against them and then, you know, kind of play downhill against Phillip Rivers on defense. I, I think this is a pretty good smashing for the Titans. They, they implemented the Thursday night while you were a player, right? I think the last year, like, I think the last year, yeah, something like that. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't a part of my career. Oh, okay. And one more thing. Before, before it's all said and done with A.J. Brown, will he be the best Titans receiver in history? I mean, obviously, besides, besides yourself. <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, the skill set is, is scary, right? I, watching him chase the football down, move, and, you know, I, I think he has, the, he has the running back to make him great as well, right? You can't really focus two or three guys on him. So I, as long as he stays healthy, right? I mean, those – you have a good quarterback and you stay healthy, the, the sky's the limit for him. All right, so I've got Eddie George, Chuck Whitehurst, Drew Bennett, and then maybe Frank Wycheck if you're into that whole, like, Mr. Incredible from the Incredibles look <laughs> on the <laughs> Mount Rushmore of best-looking Titans of all time. I love it. I love it. He is Drew Bennett. Dude, Drew, thanks so much, man. I appreciate, appreciate you doing this and uh, appreciate you taking Enjoy time. It, you, so much fun. I will say this, we're – probably going to have to get you back on at a, at a later date back on the podcast Anytime. i Anytime. i can tell you right now as much as of a fan favorite you were as a player i think you might be a fan at least the fans of this podcast a fan favorite uh so awesome um, anytime let me know there are no flags on the field it's a miracle tennessee has pulled a miracle well, my love for Drew Bennett hasn't wavered any less than it did. If anything, it grew. It grew during that interview. Uh, that was awesome. Drew Bennett, we love you. Always welcome back whenever. He is the man. DB83. Ooh, that's a cool nickname. Uh, we Let's get to, let's talk about these this new class of Titans players that we've got and obviously last week was cut day where they cut literally everyone on the team john robinson was just like you're cut you're cut you're he was like oprah just handing out like you get a you get a pink slip you get a pink slip <laughs> like it was like bad so yeah. with that obviously a lot of new faces come in jack and i are going to kind of just be the teachers i guess um or well i'll be the teacher and jack will be my 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 ta uh Ooh, no awesome. no jack's the teacher jack's the teacher and i'll I, be the I grade all the papers you give all the lectures Team <laughs> right. yeah, yeah, yeah. so we're gonna grade these guys i'm gonna i'm just gonna run down the list of players jack and let's just give them a letter grade each and um and see how they do and let's start with our guy obviously you know there's a huge brett kern podcast oh yeah which means we are also now a just by default a huge ryan allen podcast because he had some massive kicking shoes to fill on Sunday and my dude filled them. Like it was like a perfect fit, like freaking Cinderella back there with how well he fit into Brett Kern's shoes. Cause he kicked awesome. Not to not, you know, not to tease what I'm going to give him, but actually I'll just say it. I'm going to give him an a plus I, I, an a freaking plus almost with extra credit. Because Ryan Allen was booming the hell out of the football, and I love to see it. Oh, he was great. You know what? I'm going to give him an A. I'm going to give him an A. I'm going to give him an A. I'm going to hold off on the plus. That's a fair. with a plus on the side. 
Okay. I was grading on a curve. Yeah, it's okay. It, it, look, eight punts, 404 yards, average 50 and a half yards a kick. Uh, his long 65 when they needed it too. Um, but that was, it was a huge kick. I think it surprised the return man a little bit. Um, yeah. But none inside the 20. There was no coffin kerner. I was waiting for the coffin kerner, but only one man can do that. Right. Only one man can kern coffins, and that's Brett Kern. So, <laughs> so I give him an A. Great performance out of Ryan Allen. One of the rare times a New England Patriot comes to Nashville and plays well. Malcolm Butler and Logan Ryan being the other exceptions. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, Ryan Allen. And a uh, member of the two first names club. Love that. And uh, the yeah, he had that one in the in the end zone that almost got blocked, but didn't. And he was just, almost getting blocked the whole game. Yeah. Yeah. That was a little worrisome, but not his fault. He, no, not his fault. And he boomed the hell out of the ball. So uh, you can make up for it that way. And I love that. Like he was like the big, he was probably the biggest addition of the weekend. I think we can say with the Brett Kern injury. Cause yeah. Long Brett snapper Kern, came in. Yeah. Is very, yeah. Is very, Oh yeah. Uh, is it Ryan Walters? No. Yeah, what is was Matt Overton? Matt Overton. Why did I think Ryan Walters? <laughs> shout out Ryan Walters, wherever you are. Shout out, right? shout out that, you know what? Whoever the hell you are. Ryan Walters. I was just, you know, I was just thinking about. No, but look, great. Mizzou's defensive coordinator. Uh, great the, efforts out of special teams. Good, special teams was awesome. Ryan Allen punted the ball um, phenomenally, phenomenally, phenomenally. Wait, what? You had it right the first time. Phenomenally. Phenomen- phenomenally. There you go. Jeez, my goodness. I'm losing my mind, dude. Uh, <laughs> Ryan Allen punted the ball phenomenally. And I had another point I was going to make. Oh, I love the fact that he was brought in and four plays into the game. It's like, Oh, you're up dude. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Let's see what you got three and out to start off the game. Let's, uh, right now. Welcome, Allen, welcome to Nashville, Ryan Allen. Uh, Breon borders. We talked about him a little bit in the first part of the show, but, uh, Breon borders, Jack, I'm just going to say it. I love having a cornerback with the last name of borders. Yes. Um, because that means anyone who he covers is not going to be open. <laughs> a little quick story. <laughs> yeah, story okay, yeah, look, I like it. But hey, yeah, the borders, Breon was shutting the borders down this week. They, no there one was go. anywhere on the outside. The borders were closed. Uh, eight, he was targeted eight times, only allowed five catches for 41 yards. I mean, the, the guy played well. He played in 100% of the snaps, like I mentioned earlier. Um, for the first time, you know, Jonathan, the first game without Jonathan Joseph, and the Titans have a cornerback who had only played in seven snaps prior to this week that looked phenomenal, yeah. to use your word. Phenomenal. Uh, phenomenal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Look, Breon Borders, you get an A, and I'll bring the plus in from the side. I had it on the side. You get an A-plus this week, Breon Borders. There you go. Uh, I'm going to give him uh, uh, I'm gonna give him an A. Uh, so okay. that's... We'll we're doing, we're doing back and forth, yeah. Wow, there. Okay, okay. I like what we're, we're doing. Greater when it comes to uh, <laughs> when it comes to cornerbacks uh, with a soft like, soft spot for punters is what it is. Bookstores, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Desmond King. Let's go to the other side. Uh, let's go to the other cornerback, Desmond King. Dude, new guy. Freaking uh, loved seeing him scoop and score for a touchdown. Welcome to freaking Nashville, dude. Yes. Like that was awesome, and it's you know on a. Not to get all cliche, but in a town like Nashville, where there's, you know, country stars growing on trees, you got to stand out and make a name for yourself. And my man did with that with that uh, fumble return for touchdown. But he also played great. 
And he was also all over the field, stopping plays, especially on third down is where I noticed him come up huge. Um, So I'm going to give Desmond King, I'm going to give him an A+. Look, he did well. He played in 54 snaps out of the 77. That's 70% of the snaps on D. He was targeted six times where he did allow four catches, 58 yards. Worst performance in Borders in coverage, but, I mean, Borders shut it down. And so did Desmond King. And you add the 63-yard touchdown run. And how about that? How about Desmond King barely even has met the defense? He scores, and they already have a group celebration lined up. How how impressive was that? Did we ever figure out what that was? What, no, what that we celebration was? I have no clue what it was. It was a big, I, I it was a big uh, Will Compton tweeted something about a uh, super soaker, which okay. I, I don't know how true that is. But I think it's um, better to not ask questions about I mean, that. One. Yeah, I, I think you're right, and probably because <laughs> like if it was like something that like maybe they shouldn't have been doing, like it's better just to but, you know. Let's I'll, go super I'll, soaker. I'm gonna give Desmond King an A plus. You score a touchdown in your Titans debut, you get an A plus for me. All right, deal. Uh, Derek Roberson. Derek Roberson. Uh, this was was this this wasn't his first game of the year, was it? It was just his first in a in a no, couple this, of weeks. This was his first game of the year. He it was been, his first game. Yes, he has been. I know he'd been battling some injuries and some uh, and some illness too. Also, that has has kept him out of games. My man came oh, out. Oh. My man came out and played really well, and he was all over the field. And him uh, with Dayon Brown. Just the two of them, like flying across the defense. It's good to see, and you know, obviously, like the you know, you no longer do you have the Wesley Woodyards of this, the middle of this defense at the linebacker position, holding things down. So it's good to have guys like that. And Rashawn Evans is starting to play better, and I think that it's in large part because of how well Roberson and guys like Jayon Brown are playing. I'm going to give Derek Roberson an, uh, I'm going to give him an A minus. A minus, okay, yeah. Uh, I made a mistake. Derek Roberson actually did play in one game this season, but okay. that was that's what I thought. Was it, but it was early on, wasn't it? It was, it was very early. He got hurt in that one, and but look, in his return, he was out there for fifty snaps. I mean, it seems like they've ramped him up. He's full. He's a full go now, and yeah. he's going to add to that pass rush. I mean, he had four pressures in in his return. Very impressive. Uh, he even had that one batted pass. He batted one down. So he look. He was a factor. So I, I'll give him a B. You know, you get a. I'll give him a B in his return. Definitely a passing grade. He definitely, you know, you're not going to put it on the fridge, but it's a, it's something to be proud about. <laughs> well, you might put it on the fridge, depending yeah, on if you lived if, if you yeah if you lived in the gentry household that goes on the fridge. <laughs> that gets framed. <laughs> uh, uh, all right, our last name, and this is a name that you guys are probably going to be like, wait, what? Who? Who? Uh, it's a name we haven't seen personally firsthand. That's right. But we're still we're still going to grade it. And that's that's a guy by the name of Giorgio Tavecchio. Now, this is a kicker that the Titans signed to their practice squad. He he was uh, part of a package of three people that they brought on. Daniel Munyer, an offensive line, lineman. Miles Brown, a defensive lineman. And Giorgio Tavecchio. Now, Jack, I'm just going to say it. I'm giving him... I'm just giving him valedictorian status. I'm giving him A-plus with <laughs> extra credit. Just based off of his name alone, I love it. Like it's it's a very Italian name, and you know Italians are like good kickers. Shout out Al Del Greco, um, automatic Al. Shout out Joe Nedney. I don't know. I don't. I know he's probably not uh, Italian, but the Y is sometimes counted as a vowel. Yeah. Baronis so, sounds a bit Greek. 
Baronis, yeah. Baronis singular, like if it was just a Barona, that would definitely Ooh, be very Italian. Be, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so the Titans have a history of Italian kickers. And Giorgio Tavecchio only. Oh, Goskowski. Goskowski, definitely that's not Nordic. That's, Is that not? That sounds Nordic to me. But hey, look, what do I know? <laughs> Giorgio well, Tavecchio, the coolest part about him is his nickname, Italian Ice. I mean, that's the sweetest nickname of all time, right? Is that his, that's his nickname? Italian Ice. My, and that is the kicker. best nickname I've ever heard. Isn't I it sweet? More extra credit. More extra credit for him. Look, I'm going to give him an incomplete just because he hasn't taken the field. But oh. with And Goskowski looked okay. Look, I don't want to shake Goskowski. I don't want to make him Here feel I nervous. Am. I'm putting tassels on him on graduation <laughs> day already. And, you, and you're like, well, we haven't seen, we haven't seen uh, it. Well, I just don't want to make Goskowski nervous because Stefcon, the Stefcon system, well, look, it's back up to Stefcon too. Uh, you don't have to duck for cover and, and exit the building. Uh, so, so look, hopefully we don't have to see Tavecchio because hopefully Goskowski gets it together. But while we have him, you know, we have to embrace the Italian ice nickname. Look, you go to go to Maggiano's this week or something. Go to Coco's Italian Market. You may you may run into the man. He's a kicker who had to replace Janikowski in Oakland and Matt Bryant in Atlanta, and he wow. most recently kicked in the XFL with the LA Wildcats. But hey, he's a guy who can hit, who can who can make it from fifty and beyond. But uh, hopefully, the Titans won't have to get to him. So for now, he gets an incomplete. When uh, what is it, Justin Tucker up in Baltimore? Whenever he goes down, I guess Trevecchi or Tavecchio is just going to fill in for his role. Like that's just all he does is he just goes around he, and fills he only in. fills in for like the fat jacked kickers. <laughs> so like Randy Bullock, maybe in Cincinnati. Well, talking Giorgio Tavecchio as long as we have on this podcast only keeps up with the theme of us talking about practice squad kickers on this podcast, which we apparently started last week with with. Um, uh, Tucker McCann and we hyped him up. Jack had that phenomenal take about the, him being quarantined Drano, which if you haven't listened, go back and listen to last week's episode. It was a phenomenal take. Okay. You put it right under the, you put it right under the sink. Yeah. And you don't think you'll ever need it, but there's a time where things get a little mucky in there in the pipes and you break out the Drano and maybe, Hey, maybe just maybe it unclogs the hole. And I, dude, I was hyped as hell to see Tucker McCann punt on Sunday. And then, sure enough, Sunday they signed Ryan Allen, which Ryan Allen was great, as we as we already talked about. But I I was so excited, and they it it didn't come to fruition. And I, what what I read this week was, and I didn't hear anything about this, but I read on their practice squad he had the word injury next to his name. So I don't know somewhere between us recording our podcast on Tuesday night and up until Sunday, he injured himself somehow, which led them to bring in. Ryan Allen and now Giorgio Tavecchio, but Tucker McCann still on the practice squad. Hopefully we'll get to see him punt at some point uh, down the road before we get to remember the Titan. I got to bring this up, dude, because I'm a little bit worried, but Taylor Lewan, oh, I don't know yeah. if he's keeping tabs on his, on his Twitter. He's been active. I know that very active. My man, my man is like, dude, he's losing his mind. Cause he has, doesn't know what to do. He's obviously he's got a lot more free time on his hands. A lot, lot more tweeting, um, and you know, like they do all their podcast stuff in the summer. So I, I'm sure he doesn't really have much podcast like recording or stuff to do right now. So he's just hanging out. And I don't know if you've been to his Twitter page recently. <laughs> and I don't know if this is an inside joke with busting with the boys or what, but my man's Twitter bio is it's going a little cuckoo. 
Cuckoo. What is but, it? Read it to me. Because I think so I know what you're talking about. First of all, his Twitter name is no longer Taylor Lewan. Like his, it's at Taylor Lewan 77, but his Twitter name is Jerry Ainsworth. Okay, so I saw that too, and I was prompted to look it up just because I was like, what joke am I missing out on? You know, sure, I wanna, right, because I, I have no idea. I want to be in the loop. Yeah. Uh, it's some cricket player from like England. I don't understand if there's maybe there's another Jerry Ainsworth that I don't know about, but yeah, Google tells I, me it's some cricket player from England. So, okay, so I, yeah, and, I, and I maybe this is a, meds or he's got some cricket obsession that nobody knows about. <laughs> maybe this is a busting with the boys inside joke or something that I'm just completely on the outs for. But I'm I'm worried because his Twitter bio then reads just a bloke from England who slipped and fell on a wet floor at a Costco in the States and hurt his knee. And his Twitter bio location is Camden Town, London. Jesus. So I, I don't know, guys. Someone needs to go check on Taylor Lewan. I think I'm, that man needs to put down the orange bottle. You know, yeah. put it up. His wife needs to put it up where he can't get it. Because Taylor Lewan, my man, you sound high as hell reading, tweeting these things. Yes. There, there was one video though where he did have a nice "Remember the Titans" reference, or was it was it "Remember the Titans" or Friday Night Football? Uh, Friday Night Lights, I mean. Uh, no, it's, uh, remember the Titans. I think it was remember, remember the Titans. Titans. Yeah, because it was uh, Jerry Bertier. He was Jerry he Bertier, was yeah. his face on Jerry or Gary Gary Bertier's uh, body sitting in the uh, hospital bed watching his team celebrating. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was fun. Look, hey Taylor Lewan, love you. Love your Twitter. Explain Jerry Ainsworth, and we'll move on. Yeah. Uh, he also tweeted on the spookiest night of the year. This was on Halloween. On the spookiest night of the year, I lay in bed wearing the same shorts I have worn for the last six days and haven't showered. This mm. is rock bottom. Hashtag Jerry's world. Again, Jerry Ainsworth. I don't know what it is, but yeah, I, someone needs to check on. Oh, and then this one too. Just got back to the great city of Nashville from Florida. When I got hurt, I was 309.8 pounds. And today I am 292.4. That's 17.4 pounds in 14 days. My man is losing weight like crazy. By the That's time he like, gets what? back to healthy, he is going to, He's going to freaking look as skinny as Drew Bennett. They amputate his leg? I thought they were just fixing the ACL. Uh, they, 17 they, pounds I, in two weeks? That's, I Look, if that's the case, I'm going to go out and tear my ACL right now because I could <laughs> I could lose 17 pounds, that's for sure. Um, all right, so Taylor Loran, we're thinking of you. Man, get better. Yeah. And um, Will Compton, if you're listening, go check on your your man, please. Like, <laughs> I'm, We're just worried for him. We, we need him. We need him back. We, he needs to be that emotional, rock-solid leader. He needs to be the Booby Miles, like, at the end of Friday Night Lights when he's standing in the locker room, like, you know, so then uh, Billy Bob Thornton can turn around and say, hey, and I want you to look, I want you all to look at Booby Miles back there. He'd give anything to be out there with you guys tonight. Like, that's what the Titans yeah. need in Taylor Lewan. I'm with you. On. I'm with you there. Speaking of uh, football movies uh, and Remember the Titan, let's get to Remember the Titan. Ooh. Uh, Jack, who you got this week? Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna keep things in the trenches. I'm gonna go back to the third overall or the third round, 81st overall pick of the 1999 draft. Zach Piller, okay, Ooh, offensive guard. He played with the Titans. Uh, let's see, in from '99 to '06, he played in five playoff games. Uh, the man, look, he was he was a part of some memorable offensive lines, some offensive yeah. lines, Brad Hopkins, you know, sure. Roos, Roos, David Stewart, uh, <laughs> you know, all these all these names that Titans fans are fond of. Um, but he was kind of like since he put, didn't play on the on the outside on the ta- tackle, 
he didn't get as much credit. But I think Zachary Paul Pillar is a guy that Titans fans would all remember. Zachary Paul Pillar. Everyone. Yeah. DPP. You got to pay the Paul to get the Pillar. Uh, I am. Um, I'm going to go my remember the Titan this week. Stephen Tolick. And oh, a guy yeah. who reminds me a lot of Jayon Brown. This is Jayon Brown reminds me of a modern day or kind of even really like a souped up version of Stephen Tolick. But Stephen Tolick, he was back in those um, uh, freaking. Oh, gosh, why am I blanking on his name? Defensive coordinator. Jim Schwartz. It was Jim Schwartz. Those Jim Schwartz defenses, him and Kyle Vandenbosch, like these dudes, they were just tough nosed players. And, and Stephen Tolick, not the biggest guy in the world. Very small. He drafted in the fourth round, 116th overall in 2006 draft. Uh, played for the Titans from 2006 to 2010. Recorded 457 tackles. Okay, that's like about that's over 100 tackles a year uh, in four seasons with the Titans. Uh, or I guess they're technically five seasons. So uh, forget my math there. But four and a half sacks and two interceptions. Stephen Tolick, oh, and... Look, I don't want to brag on this guy too much, but the Meineke Car Care Bowl MVP in 2005. That's rare air. (laughs) I'll say. I think Stephen Tulloch was probably the most underappreciated Titans linebacker ever. And that's simply just because he played alongside Keith Bullock, who was the greatest Titans linebacker ever. It's look, Tulloch. Tulloch was great for the Titans in, in his role. You know, when Bullock left, Tulloch did a fine job, but he eventually followed Jim Schwartz up to Detroit where Jim Schwartz turned the Lions into even more of a dumpster fire than they already were. But yeah, Stephen Tolk, okay, that's a good remember the Titan. People, yeah, uh, that, that's, a good, that's a good bar name to throw around. And, and he, may, he may also agree with you on the underappreciated note because he, uh, he has remained active since retiring from football. He's remained active in the Detroit community and attends Detroit Lions alumni events with oh. his former team. So Those, those can't be fun. Uh, yeah, I'll say. But yeah, imagine choosing to do that. Sitting around looking at John Kitna eat his soup or something. I don't understand what happens at those. Yeah, oh, oh, hey, there's uh, there's Joey Harrington. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Dan Orlovsky's here. You remember when he ran out of the back of the end zone? Yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, was that uh, uh, J- Javon Best? <laughs> <laughs> Jason Hansen, though. Jason Hansen was one of the more respectable Lions players. He was their kicker, of course, but. He's a seasoned vet, automatic Jason Hansen. That's the last time I'll mention Jason Hansen on this podcast. <laughs> Unless the Titans pick him up on their, on their practice <laughs> squad. Uh, all right, what's next? The Indianapolis Colts. Do we have to say anything? It's Colts hate week, guys. Uh, Thursday night, under the lights. I'm glad they've got this Thursday night game at home, uh, especially like the quick turnaround. Get it at home. Titans fans, if you're going to be there, breathe some energy, breathe some life into this team. I'm excited for Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry goes off in prime time. I'm looking forward to it. Um, he's going to be running hard. And uh, yeah, I mean, like uh, Philip Rivers, I freaking hate his guts. Hate his guts. Um, the last two meetings against the, uh, the Titans, one came overseas in London where the Titans, I'm not going to say the, the Chargers won that game. I'm going to say they, the Titans lost on a, Two-point conversion, yeah, that's right. That was in Vrabel's first season, I think. Yes, and that was before Derrick Henry was Derrick Henry, and they, and I was livid that they did not hand the ball off to him in the backfield. Like, I look, I've been on this Derrick Henry train for a long time, like back when he was splitting carries. 
And I was so pissed that they did not hand the ball off to him on that two point conversion and instead threw some slant route with Marcus Mariota. But that's oh, yeah. there. you're a Derrick Henry fan, name three albums. <laughs> no, but I am looking for him to get right on Thursday. And this is a Colts team, and we said this about the Bears. They have similar offenses. Now, whether you want to believe that or not is up to you. Jonathan Taylor, the rookie running back for the Colts, is playing well. Um, but the Colts on third down is is a problem. They're 38% on conversion rate. Look, that's 28th in the NFL. That's only six points clear, six percentage points clear of the Bears after a two for 15 performance against the, the statistically the worst third down defense in the NFL. Titans, after the Bears, they kind of boosted their stats up a little bit. They're still last in the NFL on defensive third downs, but only by one percentage point. Yeah, them and the Panthers are the only teams above fifty percent. I think the Titans are allowing fifty-five percent of third downs to be converted. But hey, this is a Colts offense that is very look. It's not hard to keep them in check. They're not gonna they're not gonna explode for forty on you. Okay, Rivers is is old old man. Rivers is here. He's gonna bring all his kids into Nashville. Completely mess up the population. I look. Yeah. We don't need more transplants. We we already said this in the offseason. Yeah. Yeah, if you think the if you think the airport's crowded now, <laughs> the Jeez. the Titans are you typically have trouble with Colts tight ends. Mo Alley Cox and Jack Doyle are both questionable right now. Um, it'd be big for the Titans to get Saffold back. I know he hurt his shoulder on Sunday, but I think he went through a full practice on Tuesday, so he should be coming back uh, to get Roberson back again. Would be nice. Dory Jackson, don't count on it. But this Titans team, I, th- I th- look, you got to win home divisional games, especially against the Colts, who are only one game back of you right now. Take care of the Colts. Give yourself some wiggle room just in case anything happens later on in the season. Yeah, and since they won the, their most recent game against the Colts, let's start a, a new streak of uh, like a, a Ryan Tannehill. You know, Andrew Luck never lost to the Titans. Let's let's do like a Ryan Tannehill never lost to the Colts. That'd be fun. I would love to be on the good side of the Colts right? matchups for one. Yes, please. Like, that's all we're asking. It's not too much to ask. Uh, yeah, comparative to the Bears, which I think is the best way to go, especially with this defense. I think the quarterback is better, obviously, uh, with Philip Rivers. Slightly better, I think. I don't compared, think leaps and bounds, but well, I, I would say, a, I would say better, but yeah, but the weapons around him definitely better um, on the offensive side. The, the offensive line is going to be better. Yes. Um, so don't expect, you know, some, uh, I guess I'm expecting everything, Austin. I'm expecting 10 sacks. No, I'm just kidding. But but Uh, to see see the quarterback go down a couple times would be refreshing. It would be great. Yes, that would be awesome. But yes, get off the field on third down is really, I think the biggest thing we need to ask, uh, going into this game, uh, for the Titans. So what's your prediction? I'm excited. My prediction. Ah, geez. Uh, I'll say, oh man, I'm a homer. Give me the Titans 27 and the Colts 16. 27, 16. I kind of like that. It's going to be a weird score. Yeah. Thursday um, night. So the total's at 48 and a half. I don't think it's going to get there. I think we're going to be looking at a game where points are going to be, you know, hard to come by. I, I, don't ask me why. I think Titans will control the clock in time of possession. I don't think there will be a lot of opportunities for either team to score. But. That being said, I like the Titans 23 to 13. There we go. All right. I like that. I'll take either one of those. Give me a Derrick Henry. I want a Derrick Henry highlight, though, man. I really want one. I, I just, I, I've, we've missed one in, since really the uh, Josh Norman stiff arm. Well, no, no, excuse me, the Texans game. 
the Texans game uh, where he went off. That, but I need another week like that. Give me, go off, King, please, and go off, Desmond King too. If yeah, you're just, yeah. if you're King, just go off this week, <laughs> please. Um, all right, well, that's gonna do it for this week, uh, guys. A to Z Sports Nashville.com. Go there. Set it as a bookmark on your on your browser. Okay, go there every single day. A to Z Sports Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, uh, Friendster. <laughs> they have Nap- Twitch. They do have Twitch. Napster. You know, get some sweet uh, System of a Down songs downloaded from uh, A to Z Sports on Napster. That guys uh, and Twitch. Sorry. Yes. Thank you, Jack. <laughs> Follow A to Z Sports. Follow Jack, my man. Dude is funny. Follow him, Jack A Gentry on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter. I'm not as funny. At Austin Huff Austin's on funny. Twitter. And then... Uh, the podcast. Got to follow the podcast. Tighten oh, up pod yeah, on Twitter. Post. What am I thinking? Tighten, uh, tighten up podcast up Instagram. The whole reason you're here. Tighten up pod on Twitter. Tighten up podcast on Instagram. Give it a follow. Great content. It's been Colts hate week. We've been sharing a lot of good right. Colts, uh, Colts bad. I had the Barone game winner today from 2006, I believe. So yeah. go check that out. With the, the Pat McAfee fake punt. Oh, uh, that was so funny. That was the, so from funny. a few years ago. Yeah. That Gosh, what the heck was that formation? Also, rate, review, subscribe. As long as you're nice, we want to make Buck feel like he's the inferior podcast on this network. So yes. five stars, four and a half for the tub. A half a star for Buck. Seriously, all of you guys that do that, we really do appreciate it. You guys are the best. And, uh, yeah, you got anything for the road? Let's beat the Colts. Let's get. Let's keep this train rolling. Let's keep the train moving. Colts suck. Colts suck. We hate them. Uh, Colts hate week. Commence. I'm trying to see Philip Rivers drop Dagnab. It's all over the place up there. <laughs> yes, Gosh darn it. Give me, like, a chunk of sod and, like, stuck in his, uh, in oh. his face now. <laughs> like, I, I want to see that because that would be perfect. All right, with, uh, I guess, with all of that said, uh, till next week, tighten up. up. They're the Tennessee Titans. They're the Tennessee Titans.